1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm Alex Gradet. And I'm Laura Hertzfeld. Welcome to this year's Red. This is Red! Hey, Laura. Um, I know this is something I should be getting used to by now. I can't help but notice we're not alone. Yes, we have a guest with us tonight. Welcome, Adam Shapiro. You are not alone. You are not alone. Oh, is this not a Dear Evan Hansen podcast? Well, that's next. Okay. Now it is, or we got to pay for that. So, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't think I sang it well enough for, for anybody to really. <laughs> is that what it's based on? Because I, yeah, can you got to be able to really sing it for it. them to flag it. <laughs> Our good friend Adam Shapiro is with us tonight. Adam Shapiro is an actor and entrepreneur. He stars on the Mindy Kaling Penn Netflix comedy, Never Have I Ever, which comes out with its second season on July 15th. He's also had roles on Sense8, The Good Lord Bird, uh, Steve Jobs with Michael Fassbender, uh, and even starred, I love this one, uh, in Waitress on Broadway alongside his wife, Katie Lowe's. And most dear to us, Adam played Mark in the adaptation of Rent that showed in downtown LA in 2011. He also is the owner and I don't know, what are you calling yourself? Chief, chief pretzel maker? Pretzel, pretzel, pretzelpreneur. Pretzelpreneur. <laughs> I mean, if you ever go on The Bachelorette, you'll be like ready with pretzelpreneur. I hope that um, doesn't have to happen because I adore your wife. We're talking about a but... uh, pretzel situation, actually. Like a sexy date where you like learn how to make pretzels. Make pretzels. I love yeah, that. I love yeah. that. Well, maybe you can hire one of the, you know, potential bachelors as your next pretzelpreneur, I don't know, understudy, I would be, something. I'd be apprentice. I would be thrilled about that. Anyway, what we're talking about is Shappy's pretzels, which are so freaking delicious, and pandemic project that Adam started out of, out of your house this year. This is true. Crazy. It's literally the story of waitress again, just just in my house. Except I wasn't <laughs> pregnant; my wife was, and I don't think she was sleeping with her gynecologist. It doesn't. It's not exactly waitress, but it's not one to one. I felt like Jenna finally, and I. You were inspired. I got my my baking dreams came true, just like uh, just like she hers did in the show. So awesome! They're delicious. My whole family is from Philly, so you know it was like a little taste of home. It's insane. So good. The, the the company's crazy. Hundred thousand pretzels sold during the pandemic. Hey, and I never even had an idea for a company. It just totally came out of the blue. That's a lot of pretzels. Yeah. But we are here to talk about rent, and I think we just want to kick things off. I want to know your history with rent, like oh, what man. happened between like. Well, I, you know, I was, I was 15 when it, when it was happening off Broadway and at the, at the New York theater workshop, I had been hearing about it kind of through the grapevine in Philly, through my theater posse in high school. And, um, for my 16th birthday, the show had just opened on Broadway and my parents got me two tickets to see rent and two train tickets too. So that meant I was allowed to go into New York by myself at 16 from Philly and I could bring anybody I wanted and we were going to go to the matinee of rent and we were going to come home. And um, so I just asked the girl that I had a total crush on, Jen Lamb, mm -hmm. and 
Uh, she was dating the quarterback of the football team. He was in no way intimidated by me asking her to see Rent in New York. He was just like, great. I don't have to do that for freaking thing, you know? So me and Jen hopped aboard the, uh, the local Amtrak and New Jersey Transit, and we took it up to New York, and I got to see a matinee in the very beginning of the, of the Broadway run. And um, it was, you know, it was everything to me. It was like the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was the first musical I'd ever seen that I really loved. And I had seen a million and I listened to them and memorized them and totally um, uh, was, a, was a fan of so many musicals. But Rent was the first one that like, I felt like was mine and not my mom's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like my mom didn't really get it. And I did. And I was like, whoa, you know, like this is my musical. So it was the first musical. I think that felt like it was mine. And um, it was also like the first uh, openly gay couple I had ever met. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I probably had, get, I was in theater. I probably <laughs> had a lot of gay friends. You had, you had gay cool. friends. You yeah, had gay nobody, friends. <laughs> nobody was out of the closet. Nobody, I mean, I right. didn't know any, I didn't personally think that I knew any gay people. Right. And I fell in love with Angel and Collins and was just like, mm-hmm. it was, that was my first experience um, with AIDS and with uh, homosexuality, with, with that entire subculture in New York, real artists, starving artists. I mean, all the things that I was uh, to be completely inundated with uh, eight years, you know, five years <laughs> later, which I never knew that was going to be my life, um, was rent. And um, so I came home to school and I was like, you know, I was like this, I don't know, like this pro- prophesizer you know what I mean like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like I I have been to New York and I have seen something <laughs> and you guys you know what I mean we're all like rehearsing for fucking sound of music and I'm like you guys there is a musical in New York right now that is so mind-blowing <laughs> fuck this sound of music shit meanwhile I'm playing like Nazi number four um <laughs> And so one of my best friends in high school was this dude, Andrew Slack, who's the just the total legend. And he was, um, he and I became kind of like rent friends. And I think that was another a- aspect to, I think what made rent so special to me was it was one of just a few things in my life where I had friendships based on it. Right. Um, you know, like, in Philly, everybody rooted for the Eagles. So that wasn't like unique to have somebody that you were friends with because you both rooted for the Eagles. But it was like, I had my fish buddies that I would go to fish shows with. And they were like, my fish buddies. That's what we bonded about. And I think I liked them more than I liked fish. I just really liked hanging mm-hmm. out with them. And so I just like got a fish shirt and went to fish shows. Like I thought it was, it was, it was fun. It was a great time. But, but me and Andrew had this like rent friendship and I remember the next year they were having auditions in Philadelphia for the touring cast. And he and I snuck out of school, drove down to uh, downtown Philadelphia and went to the auditions, stood in line, got in the room, didn't know what we were supposed to prepare. Uh, and I was, I was 17. You had to be 18 wow. to audition. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the moment we showed our IDs, we just got turned around. We both oh, no. grabbed, we both grabbed um, signs off of the door that said rent auditions. 
and we ran out of there. And I still, Do you still have, have it. Oh my God. I still have the sign that says rent auditions. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. And Andrew and I always talk about that. And the funny, the funniest part was we were so excited going down there. We were so excited about like sneaking out of school. And the reason we snuck out of school is because he was the president of student council and I was the vice president of student council. And we concocted a whole thing that was supposed to, Oh, like we have to do this kind of student council thing. And both of us need to get out of the last couple classes of the day and like we worked it all out um mm -hmm. and we both forgot our wallets so in order to get back oh we were so excited uh about getting to the rent audition we went over the bridge to new jersey by accident we we yeah. we, we took the wrong turn so when we were coming back we had to pay the toll and neither of us had a dime a dime not a dot we were like the characters in rent and um so we had to talk our way through the toll at the bridge coming back into Philadelphia. And we we're like, we're huge rent fans. And we we're like, oh, we're going to audition. It's our dream. And the guy's just like, just go. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> the, guy, the guy was like, what, rent? Yeah, so that's how the day started. Yeah, and, then, um, and then we got kicked out of the audition and that was that. So then cut to um, many, 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 many uh, performances of Rent that I went to later, probably a good 10. 10 at Did you ever yeah. camp out? I was never really a camp out person. I just like, I don't know. I know I never really count, camped out. Mm -hmm. I always just like bought the cheapest tickets I could find. And um, yeah, the camping out thing was just like not, it was never like my parents wouldn't allow that. And then mm -hmm. I also like, then when I was in college, I don't know, I just, but I went to uh, see them in several cities. And by the time yeah. I got out to LA, I was just, you know, just a total rent, rent head, as well as a bunch of other musicals. Um, and I never really thought as much as I saw Rent and I was like, man, I would love to do that. I want to be on that stage. I still never really thought I was going to be an actor. And that wasn't <laughs> until like, I don't know, uh, six years later when I was a junior in college where I decided to be an actor. And so there was never, and, and being a musical theater actor was never like even a question. I was like, not going to be doing that. And, um, and I, so I moved to LA and I just started acting in film and TV and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like these musical moments kind of start creeping back into my life. I went to see Tick, Tick, Boom when it was at the Coronet. And, mm -hmm. um, I remember I was invited to this dinner party and I didn't know anybody at this dinner party, but there were like some really cool people there. And one of the people there was like the editor of this magazine that was going to do a story about Tick, Tick, Boom. And I was like, oh, do you know what Tick, Tick, Boom is? And she goes, no, I have, I have no idea. And so I started telling her the story of Jonathan's life, <laughs> of, of Rent and how Rent came about and what Tick, 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 Tick Boom was and how it was like posthumously put together into a three-hander, but it, you know, it really was never like written as a musical. So I'm telling them the whole story. And then she's like, wait, I don't know anything about Jonathan Larson. So I launched it, by the time I, I launched into Jonathan's biography and story, the whole dinner party is listening. And there's like not a dry eye in the house, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell Jonathan's whole story. And so I get an email like two days after that dinner party. And she's like, hey, I got two extra tickets to the um to the opening night of tick tick boom and i thought like if there's anybody on the planet that would want to see this oh that's so nice you. so yeah. i bring my other rent friend matt silverberg and mm. we sit down at opening night at the coronet and um 
I sit down, I, I take my seats. There's this older gentleman next to me. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? And uh, I'm like, are you excited to see this? He's like, always. And I'm like, oh, that, that's kind of a weird answer. Just mm-hmm. considering Tick, Tick, Boom had only ever been performed in New York and Tokyo before it had mm-hmm. been performed in LA. And so we get through the show so good. And I go out to the, um, there's a little outdoor courtyard outside the theater on La Cienega. And I see the older gentleman that I was sitting next to. I'm like, did you enjoy it? He goes, it was wonderful. It was a really, really great production. And I'm like, have you seen Tick, Tick, Boom before? You just speak like you have, you know? And he says, yeah, my son wrote, all, wrote the music and the lyrics. My, Jonathan's my son. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was you. I was like, can I hug you? And he's like, yeah, that <laughs> happens all the time. I give him a big hug. And he's like, you got to meet um, Jonathan's mom and um, and his sister. Everyone's here, you know, for opening night. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. So he introduces me to the whole Larson family. Wow. And he pulls mm. me aside. He says, you know, you you have such a, you, you're so much, you remind me so much of Jonathan. You guys have such a, a similar energy. And you also just look just like him, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, dying, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, he tells me this and I'm talking to Julie and I'm like, we're like waiting for our cars at LA. And I'm like, Julie, just FYI, like, this is so crazy. I feel like this is like, uh, like, I feel like we were supposed to meet because I'm working on uh, like a movie about Jonathan um, with this dude, Matt Boren, whose parents were original. She's like, I know, I know the Borens, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, um, and I want to play Jonathan in this thing. And she's just like, well, we should talk about it. So we ended up having a meeting with them and pitching it to them. And they were just like, not, they're like, we don't want to make a movie about Jonathan. It's just like one of the things we're not doing. Maybe get back to us in a couple of years. So we ended up having another meeting a few years later. Didn't happen. Mm. I cut to me watching Andrew Garfield in this Tick, Tick, Boom trailer, just <laughs> dying, <laughs> dying. But whatever, there's room for all of us. I'm psyched. Andrew looks amazing in the Tick, Tick, Boom trailer. Um, so anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, it's, it's like a few months after that Tick, Tick, Boom experience. And I get a phone call from a casting director named Tamara Hunter. And she says, would you want to, I say Tamara, cause that's my cousin's name Tamara, but she says Tamara. And <laughs> now she runs like all of casting at Apple. And um, and she was doing this Rent production that she was casting for a director named Kate Sullivan and asked if I wanted to audition for Rent. And I was like, I, sw- I thought somebody was pranking me. Like, who's doing <laughs> this right now? Who's, one of my friends is making fun of how much I love Rent, asking me to audition. They're asking me to show up to this random place in Pasadena, but I'm going to go. And, um, and then I ended up in Rent after all that, after all those yeah. years. Um, oh, I love that story. Like fifteen about amazing. That was an amazing. That's amazing. I love. Did you keep in touch with his his parents at all? Was that we had spoken a couple times, and then they came to the production. Yeah, they visited amazing. and they came to the show, and said really, really lovely things about the hmm. performance. And um, a lot of like people came. You know, Pascal came, and a couple like other uh, uh, Anthony Rapp um yeah tracy toms there was a bunch of people mm. that came to see our production because it was so unique and so cool and um 
you know, it wasn't like really part of the Rent family. It was very independently produced. It was um, not a touring cast or even a major regional production. It was just a bunch of people that really love Rent that got the rights to do a production in a warehouse downtown that's not equipped to be a theater at all. I mean, nothing. Hmm. Just a just a blank slate of a warehouse. Hmm. Yeah, I think back to that show, and like I think I like as we were kind of talking about doing this, I wanted to like. Do you think back to that performance? And because as we're kind of like rethinking what theater looks like, none of us have been in a theater for the last 16 months. You know, I think back to shows like that where I'm like, okay, that was doing something different in a very open space in a way that like- With you a could, fire you could, outside. And... Yeah, you're outside. It was kind yeah. of part of the, you know, the neighborhood. And especially downtown LA 10 years ago was not downtown LA now there was a either. small tent city outside yeah. of the yeah. lot next to the building i right. mean it was it was like we were doing rent the, the staircase that mimi comes down uh for out tonight was just in the warehouse we we chose the location of the stage based on the fact that mimi's staircase was there um everything else came after that i thought that was so cool that it was all about the stairs everything else the stage the seats the sound system the lights everything else was put up uh, mm. for the show. Um, so, sorry. Let me let me hop in one second because yeah. uh, I'm I'm not familiar with the the 2011 production because that would have been smack dab in the middle of my not being super into rent. Also, just <laughs> anecdotally, ten years ago I was broke as shit, so a night at the theater was just not happening. No. Um, and but I, I'm curious because we've talked with other guests who have seen other productions like like one of our guests who was one of Laura's old line buddies from back in 1996 took her daughter to see a regional production, you know, an, uh, uh, a community production in New Jersey and was describing how, what a, uh, uh, a recreation of the original that it was like down to the blue and red sweater and everything. So to hear you, which I think is pretty common with rent. I think it has, yeah. I think yeah, it's but, a show with a lot of touchstones like that that tend to get recreated. But I would love to hear what a production of Rent, not that long after the original production, but that breaks the mold. I would love to hear some particulars of, of what yeah, you guys Yeah, I did. mean, you know, I, I, there, there's a part of me that wished we would have um, had time to discover even more unique ways of presenting Rent, for sure. Mm. Um, there were there were parts of our show that were just straight out of Broadway, which is like not even probably not even league illegal. I don't I mean I don't know like I don't know if you're allowed to like steal choreography or blocking. I I, I don't know I don't know how that works. Um, I don't know the rules of of restaging musicals and stuff like that. But we did do a lot of things that were really unique to our production, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, you know, one of the things I loved about, one, one of the things right off the bat that I love about Rant, right, is that in the script, it says that Roger comes out and throws his guitar down on the table and, and takes a sip of water and puts the bottle of water down on the table and that the house lights should remain on, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. That the show should start in a way that is like, wait, what's happening? Oh. It, we're starting oh the show's begun and then by the time you realize that the show's begun 
you're halfway through the opening number and the lights slowly start to come down in the house. So you're, you're mm. invited into this world in a very like um, uh, real organic way, but it's also strange. It's very Brechtian in that you're like mm -hmm. seeing the stage and you're seeing the audience and the lights are on everybody. And I just think it's such a, a startling, cool, modern way to start a play. I mean, I, I love plays that fuck with mm -hmm. the beginning. There's nothing I hate more than like a pre-show recorded announcement. Like mm. drives me crazy. Like, okay, now we're about to put on a show. Get ready, here comes the show. And I just love how Rent was just like, everyone's talking, everyone's standing up and all of a sudden Adam Pascal jumps onto the stage and you're like, whoa. What is happening? That was just hearing you describe that. I just had, like, I went back to that moment <laughs> because I feel like I've listened to the soundtrack so many times, but you don't get that from listening to it. No, no, you, you don't get, get that. that. You don't get that. That's a live experience that you wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I knew every word to rent when I saw yeah. it the first time and I and was shocked when he was already on stage and I was like still talking to Jen, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so in our production, not only were the house lights on, but it was light out. And mm. our, our theater was filled with natural light coming through these orange stained glass windows. And so the, the light uh, was timed so beautifully with the show. And like, the it was bright when we started the production mm -hmm. and um i thought it was just such a dope way to enter the stage like we were entering the stage just like everybody else was entering the stage mm. we're all here to experience rent not just sit down and watch it you know and that was one of the things i loved about our our production so much the, the funny thing was is um opening night was I had like four panic attacks during rehearsal. <laughs> I was feeling extremely anxious about failing rent. That as much as I knew I, vocally acting wise, there was nothing about the show that I felt like I couldn't actually perform. It was just, I was worried about everything. The poster, yeah. the the tickets, the website, the social media, like I was going crazy. And so I mm. asked to take on a lot of stuff that was not just me playing Mark. So mm. I designed our poster. I did all of our graphic design. I did all of our social media. I made our <laughs> website. Um, I edited our, our trailer. Like I went crazy and I took on too much and I had a full on panic attack. And um. Opening night went great. And I didn't invite anybody to opening night because I was like so nervous about how it would go. But I invited a good like, I think I probably had about 60 people who had bought tickets to night two. Mm. And we showed up at the theater for yeah. night two and I was so fired up. I'm like, last night went great. And we're going to get our microphones on. And I see that there's like a big like kerfuffle going on over uh, in the, in the um, sound booth. And you know, we do our warm ups, we get dressed, we get hair and makeup, blah, blah, blah. We're about to get onto the stage, and the director comes backstage and says, Guys, I, I don't even know how to tell you this, but the sound system is just completely fucked. Um, we're not getting any sound out of the microphones, we're not getting any sound of the band. We have people here who really know what they're doing, and no one can figure out what's going on. 
and um, it's gonna it might take another half hour. So we're gonna have to tell the audience that it's gonna be a half hour delay, which was fine. The audience is outside. There's a huge bonfire. There's mm. buckets filled with beer and ice. I mean, it's like a party outside and whatever. I was like, cool. My friends are all going to like experience a, a unique night at the theater or whatever. And about a half hour later, they come back and they're like, we have to cancel. Oh, oh. And heartbreaking. I'm like, I, Katie, my wife always makes fun of me. I just can't cry. Like it just doesn't come out of me. Tears don't come out of my eyes. It's like I'm a robot with no feelings inside. <laughs> I could not stop crying. I was so wrecked by having, I've never in my life not gone on. Like I, the show mm. has never gone on ever. And I've never experienced that. And so our director said, listen, the audience is being super cool about it. We told them that they all have comped tickets to another night and they can bring a guest and you know we're gonna like do everything we can for them but it would really mean a lot. We, we set up the piano in the parking lot with a, with a speaker. Could you guys come out and just do like, just acoustic three numbers? Like, we'll just do like, you know, just to give them a little show. And I was like, I can't, I can't stop crying. I mean, I, I, I can't go out there. I can't face the audience. I'm so mm. mortified. Mm. And, um, and she's like, you're Mark, man. You're like the leader of this cast. If you don't go out there, no one else is. And I'm like, Okay, well, then no one else is. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And she's like, you have to. So I, she like talks me into it and we go out into the parking lot and I see all, my, my parents flew in, my brother's flown in. There's so many people there, my agents, everybody's there. And I just barely get through the three numbers. I mean, I am bawling my eyes out. Mm. And so are, so is the audience. And the funny thing was, we all went out for beers, like the cast and the audience. We just all went <laughs> straight to this brewery that was a part of the kind of downtown kind of uh, warehouse conglomerate that there is down there. And a lot of people in the audience were like, that was like maybe the most moving performance of seasons of love we'd ever seen because you guys mm. were just all so devastated and it was just in a weird way it was like a, it was a piece of performance art that was just like very unique you know like the cast mm. of rent in costumes outside in a parking lot bawling their eyes out singing seasons of love and it was like kind of a, an unforgettable experience for good or for bad i think the awesome thing about it is the production put every dime into making that sound system perfect <laughs> for the rest of the run and so i think it, it improved our show <laughs> and the next there night was fire and we extended a bunch of weeks and it was like the most one of the most magical runs of a play i've ever been in in my life it was it was awesome i painted really big backstage on the back of the on the back of the set i painted no day but today like mm maybe like mm. 20 feet wide and the size of the stage. And we all signed it and, you know, the Larsons came backstage and saw that. And it was just, oh. it was for me, I mean, it was just, it was, it was, it was incredible. And it was in a, in a weird way. And this is why I really feel you, Alex. It, for me, it felt like a little bit of a goodbye as well to mm. Um Well, I, how are you going to top that? I mean, I don't I know. Mean, how top that experience and also like i i you know when you're in it you have a lot of questions well why does mark do that 
you know, why does right. he go this way? Why does he have to go that way? Why doesn't he go this way? There's a lot of questions that I had as an actor um, and also, I guess, as Mark in character that, um, you know, Mark was my favorite character. And and I think I left Rent just being like, just really disappointed in him. Mm. Um, and uh, another funny anecdote is to, to, to really get everybody's vocal range, they had all the guys sing um, One Song Glory in yeah. the kitchen. And I was like, great, because if you ask me to hit those notes on any other song, I might come up short, but like One Song Glory is in my pocket. Like right. I am rehearsed on that song. Yeah. So the funny thing was, is when they called to uh, tell me that I got the role of Mark, they said, so we've got good news and bad news. Bad news is that um, you, you're not going to play Roger. And I was like, I'm not going to play Roger. Why is that bad news? And they're like, well, <laughs> we were just so amazed by your one song glory. And we really thought maybe you could be a really unique Roger. We had been batting that around and I'll go just like Woody Allen. Like I wouldn't want to be a part of <laughs> a country club that would have me as a member. Um, I just really felt that way about Rent. I was like, well, I wouldn't want to be in a production of Rent where I was Roger. Roger had <laughs> the coolest rock star motherfucker on the planet. <laughs> with the eye, with the makeup and the black fingernails. Like, not like the, sh you know, schlubby Jewish kid. I, I was auditioning for Mark. Did you guys think I was auditioning for Mark? It's amazing. So anyway, they were like, yes, anyway, you're, you're playing Mark. And I'm like, great, let's go. You know, let's, <laughs> I'm ready. December 24th, let's go. Um, so I, I think uh, that was a kind of a hilarious moment on the phone. And then, the, you know, the one thing I'll never forget about that production is as much as I'm disappointed in, in a lot of Mark's choices, as much as Mark never has like the best vocal part of a lot of those uh, cast numbers. You know, mm -hmm. when you sing, one of the things I learned when I did Rent was when you sing along to a cast album in the car, you sing the, you basically sing whoever is mixed up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, when you're singing, living in America at the end of the millennium, right? You're, you're really singing Roger's part because that's the part that you're hearing the most in the mm -hmm. car. But, you know, I'm like, oh, I, I don't even need to rehearse for the show. I know every, every line. Hmm. And then, then you get cast as Mark and you realize Mark sings none of those songs in, <laughs> in, the, in the melody. Right. Um, it's kind of like, a mind fuck, right? Like you have it's to, very hard to relearn it so well. Right. Yeah. To, to relearn well, every song, uh, it, doing it the way Mark is supposed to be doing it is actually harder than just learning a musical from scratch. Like we did with waitress <laughs> or whatever. So, um, yeah, that was a, that was a real mind fuck in the beginning, mm. but there's nothing like coming out on that stage and saying, uh, and waiting for the audience to kind of realize that you're about to talk and they're all getting their seats and saying, you know, we begin on Christmas Eve with me, Mark and my roommate, Roger. And it's like, oh, <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. I think and you and I love telling that story. I mean, that it, even great. that is hard to get out of your head because you're so used to hearing, we begin on Christmas Eve with me, Mark and my roommate, Roger. And, and you like how Anthony Rapp does it, right? And, Mm -hmm. And um, 
So it, it was really, it was a fun acting experiment to be like, okay, but let's just break this down. Like, what is he saying? What, what is this opening monologue? Um, what are the interesting moments for me? Uh, as opposed to the ones that he chose, like we have an right. illegal wood burning stove, bang. You know, mm -hmm. it's exhaust pipe. And so I used to be like, where am I gonna find my own jokes? And like, where does my humor apply to the things that Mark says? Because a lot of his, the humor of Anthony Rapp and, and what, what you uh, hear on the album is just like not the way I would say the joke. So it was fun to kind of explore how to play Mark as I would. Well, yeah, and I think how you make it your own. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of, that's the other side of the coin of what I was mentioning before about, about productions that are doing their best uh, to recreate. Like karaoke. What's I, yeah. Full, full but, recreation. But it's like, but it, which, is, which is the danger for every iconic show that there's this sense of if you don't give the audience these touch points of what they're looking for, they're going to go home disappointed. And I, I don't, I don't generally subscribe to that. I think, I think you can, I think you can try and find new things in a show and still come up disappointing because that's the for gamble sure, of theater work. no yeah. matter what. But I think, but I know that like for me, when a show becomes iconic, there's something about it that's just kind of that, that just gets kind of, it just gets kind of stuck for me. Well, so, yeah, I mean, to... I, I was, I really regret actually that I was so insistent that my sweater and my outfit kind of mm. at least resembled the one on Broadway. Well, now I, I feel bad for bringing up the sweater. No, <laughs> a tough no, point, but... <laughs> no, not at all. Because, you know, obviously we're not going to, we couldn't recreate the exact wardrobe or whatever. And we, I had a striped sweater, but then we, we, we had a corduroy blazer on top. Mm -hmm. I wore a bunch of stuff that was not really like in the Broadway show. But to this day, I regret just not taking it in a completely different direction. Like I wish I was just in a je jeans and a t-shirt or something like that. I thought that would have helped me not feel so much pressure if like from the moment I walk out, I am not wearing the iconic Mark outfit. Mm -hmm. I thought- right. I, if I were to do it again, that would be my first thing is like, I don't want to wear anything even close to what they wore <laughs> on that stage. And I want to make this my own from the moment I walk out there. And so. Hey, Alex here. We're going to take an intermission here because we had such a good time talking with Adam that we went on and on for about two hours. Hopefully you're having such a good time listening that you'll join us again in two weeks for the back half of our chat, where we get into how we'd rewrite the ending, how they recast the show on tour, and also pretzels. Till then, you can hit me up on Twitter at Menace2Snacks, Laura's at Laura Hertzfeld, all one word, and Adam is at Adam Shapiro, also all one word. We'll be back in a few weeks with part two of our discussion with Adam. Until then, move. This year's Rent, a podcast about rent, is hosted and produced by Laura Hertzfeld and Alex Gradette and is a Hatbeard Company production. Executive producers Joe Tower and Brian White. This year's Rent is proud to benefit Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please consider a donation at donate.broadwaycares.org.